you're listening to the Way Community Church Lakeland podcast, where our mission is to reach people with the life-giving message of Jesus Christ, that they might become fully devoted followers of Christ. We hope this message from our weekend service encourages you in your walk with the Lord. And now, here's the message. Well, I am really thankful to be with you guys. See? See, guys? I'm telling you, if you're on, if you're joining us online, welcome. But there's a lot of awkward, uncomfortable laughing in the house. So there we go. I am so thankful to be here and um, to be able to share God's word this morning. And I have quite a bit, which is... um, I guess maybe not unusual, but I have quite a bit to say. So if you will, stand with me to read just the beginning, opening part of God's Word. Um, and it's going to be out of John 10, 14, and 15. And it says, I am the good shepherd. I know my own, and my own know me. Just as the Father knows me, and I know the Father, and I lay my life down for the sheep. Father, we just thank you so much today. Lord, I have just prayed and asked and asked that you would anoint this message for your people, God, that it would literally be God on flesh and that anything that's of me, you would disseminate now and that you would use this time not only for information, but God, but transformation. We invite you to come and move on hearts. We love you so much. We thank you for this morning in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So if you have been here, we have been um, talking about he is Jehovah. So different attributes and different characteristics of God. And we've had some incredible people talking, Kyle and Lacey and Tim. I mean, there's just been some wonderful people sharing. But this morning, you're ahead of me. We are going to be talking about Jehovah Rohi, which is God, our shepherd. And honestly, if, um, if you would have asked me prior to preparing this message, I could have probably quoted the entire 23rd Psalm to you, because that's where we're going to be speaking out of today. Um, but in preparing, I realized how limited my perspective was and how much of God there is within the scriptures. And so this morning, we're going to um, kind of dig into some of those attributes of God, But one thing that I love about it is how relational the Lord, our shepherd, actually is. Um, I am a parent of three. And how many parents in the room? You might be sleepy, right? Um, I just love it because Jehovah Rohi, our shepherd, really is very closely related to, uh, when I was looking at it, like a parent-child relationship. And if you have parents, if you have little ones, love them, love them because they grow into teenagers and they do some cute stuff, but then they do some stuff where like, huh, what, hmm, I, you know, and I'm trying to protect the innocent, but he's over here in the first row. And uh, it was just a, a couple weeks ago that like 45 of the youth from our church got to go to camp and they were all jazzed up and their color was red and they were all getting their things together. And it was funny because I'm sleeping. So Monday we have to take him here, but Monday's our day off. And so I'm sleeping and I wake up, like I hear a rustling over here. I'm like, maybe it's the dog. But I, I hear it again and I like open my eyes, 6.30 in the morning, guys, 6.30 a.m. And all of a sudden I see over my bed like this, a bright red face painted, not like, not like red, but like 
red. <laughs> like, Michael, what are you doing? He's like, are we ready? Are we ready? I'm ready to go to camp. So anyways, just so I can identify with you, we've had some interesting uh, relational times with all of our kids. But, um, but I want, I'm excited to talk about kind of through the 23rd Psalm this morning because it really is just that. It's a parent, good parent, child relationship. And I, um, we, we know that David, King David, wrote the 23rd Psalm, and there really wasn't anybody better to write it than him. He was a king, and God moved him into kingship, but he started as a shepherd, and his dad was a shepherd, and his granddad was a shepherd. So he has all of the qualifications to write about the relationship and really his whole lineage was up to that point being a shepherd. So we're going to look at some things, some attributes, I guess, of the Lord from the 23rd Psalm. So if you have your Bibles and your phones, go ahead and turn with me. We're going to read certain portions of, we're going to read through the chapter, but I promise I will get us done in time. <laughs> so uh, the first one is the Lord is my shepherd. That's the very opening line. And I think the Lord's already been moving this morning in this specific passage, because in this very opening verse, David defines the relationship. Is that like a thing anymore, like DTR? I don't know. Anyways, it was when I was a teenager, but he like establishes the relationship and says, the Lord is my shepherd. And so what David is doing is saying, basically, I am his. He is my leader. I will submit. I will follow. I will, I will have the Lord's protection. I will have his provision. I am coming underneath the good shepherd. And this morning, before we can even kind of go into any more of Christ being our good shepherd, is we have to recognize that we are in, we are being asked that same question. Is are we going to submit to the Lord's leadership as the good shepherd? Or are we going to be our own shepherd? And uh, in Isaiah 53, 6, it says, We all, like sheep, have gone astray. We have turned everyone to his own way. And then David goes on, or then the scriptures go on to say in Proverbs 14, 12, There is a way that seems right to man, but in the end it leads to death. And in preparing for today, I recognize that sheep are like the livestock that are the stupidest of all livestock. <laughs> For some, I'm not like a shepherd. I have no idea. The only encounter I ever had with a true shepherd is I was doing some missions work in India, and we had just gotten off the plane, and we were headed in a car out to, like, the open field, the plains, and whatever, and I saw a whole bunch of animals. I'm from Chicago, so, like, I saw animals. I'm like, what are those things? Like, are, are those sheep? Okay. They're like, those are sheep, and then I saw... An older gentleman and very weathered skin, just like you would think about, like a shepherd. And all he was doing was standing there watching the sheep. So that is the only, um, the only encounter. But I, in preparing, I realized that sheep are really stupid. And so I'm so glad that God set the bar high for us, guys, right? Amen? <laughs> um, but there is a way that seems right to us, but in the end it leads to death. And until we kind of establish that as our as our ground zero opening, it will be very difficult then to trust somebody else. We have to recognize that while we were still sinners, I think it's Romans 5.8, Christ died for us. 
And so does that mean, what does that look like? Are we willing to accept the invitation of our good shepherd? That's something that we're going to kind of talk about. And if you haven't, if you're in this house today and you haven't, um, I've been praying for you specifically that God would minister to your heart. And you maybe have come to church for a long time. You've maybe sat and people have thought you're Christian for years, but you really haven't submitted, like fully submitted to Christ's leadership and his authority. And I just want to tell you from personal experience, that is the best decision that has changed my life in the lineage forever and ever of our family. Um, The second part is I shall not want. So we're still in the very first verse. Uh, It's I shall not want. And it's interesting because I don't think David wrote this because he didn't have desires, right? We look at the life of David and he has all kinds of desires and hopes and wishes. And I don't think he's telling us I shall not want because we don't have hopes in in our heart. But instead, I think it's David reminding himself that he's in a relationship of trust. So I have a seven-year-old, and she's kind of like the hot and, what are they called? Those little hot tamales, right? Those candy, because she's a little bit sweet, and she's a little bit spicy. <laughs> and if you've met her for any amount of time, you'll know that's, that's true. Right, I hear that giggle in the back. <laughs> um, but we have a pool at our house, and a couple years ago, she wanted to go in the pool, but she said, Mom, I want to go without floaties. And I was like, baby, I'm so sorry, but that isn't going to happen. Like, you could get really hurt. And she's like, Mom, I want to go without floaties. And so I, like, kneeled down. I'm like, okay, mate, it's okay. It's really deep, and you don't know how to swim. You haven't been prepared for this. I haven't taught you how to swim yet. You still need the floaties. And then she was like, okay, Mom, I know you want what's best for me. Like, I know that you know best, and I'll um, I'll just stop asking. You guys, that's not what she said. Give me a break. Like, if you know my child at all, that is not at all what she said. There was, like, flailing on the ground. And and she's like a lawyer in seven-year-old form. Like, she's telling me why she should be able to. But I know that everything that I have is my kids. Like, they have right to everything in my life. But the timing, they don't always have right. So if I would have let her go and given her over to her wants into a pool, it would have caused death because the way of a man seems right, but in the end, it leads to death. And so I, I have had to put in the work and training her and teaching her. And I think David is saying the same thing. He's like, God, I have hopes and desires in my heart, and I'm going to present them to you. But I trust that if I can't have them or they're not coming to fruition right now, it's because you know best. So I'm going to speak that over my life. I shall not want because I know that I'm not deficient in anything because I have a good shepherd. And church, we're not deficient in things. If you don't see things happening in your career or finances or your family, it doesn't mean that you're deficient. It means God is still working, right? Amen. So we can trust. We can trust the good shepherd. Um, The next verse is verse 2, Will. He makes me lie down in green pastures. And he leads me beside still waters. So ethereal, this is a beautiful like poem, right? Like he leads me, he makes me lie down until it's feet to the ground. And I don't, some of you may be really like, like relaxed people and like, oh, it's good in the world. But I am, you can ask Tim, 
I don't lie down really good. <laughs> I am not a good liar downer. I'm like, okay, what's next? What are we doing? What are we doing? Where are we going? What are we? And I'm just kind of a, a moving all the time. But um, in this, so cool. The Lord was speaking to me. So I'm not like an authority on sheep or shepherding. But there are things that I didn't realize. And I want to share them with you because they really ministered to me. Sheep will only lie down if four needs are met. Okay? The first one is in order for a sheep to lie down, they have to be free from fear. Like, they're skittish animals. They're ready to run at any, like, spark of danger. They're ready to go. And so sheep have to know and trust that the shepherd is in control and is going to defend them and going to go before them, behind them, above them, beneath them, and on every side, hem them in. That's a scripture. Um, But they have to be free from fear. And so is it any wonder that our world, media, television, social, all these things are just bombarding us with fear all the time. You're not going to have enough, your retirement, your kids are not going to be, the college, your job, is. all these things are just bombarding us with fear. And what happens with physical sheep, like true sheep, is that they will stay standing because they're dumb until they're delusional, and they make really bad choices. And I was like, oh, man, God. Like, how many times do I give in to fear and allow that to build and build and build until I am a little bit, until I make bad decisions, right? So God, forgive me. Second Timothy, we can speak it over our life. Second Timothy 1.7 says, For God has not given me a spirit of fear, but of power of love and of self-discipline. And honestly, sometimes we literally need to speak that over our life because we're hearing so many things throughout the day. We're, we're like scrolling. We're listening to what's going on in the world. We're listening to all these things, and it can be scary, like that, those reports. And so I'm coming back to the word and saying, God, you have not given me a spirit of fear, but of power of love and of self-discipline. The second thing is sheep need to be free from tension or competition. I found that so interesting that in sheep, it's innate for them to be, to have rivalry, rivalry within the tribe or whatever it's called, the flock. Um, There you go. Uh, It's innate for them to like defend their territory and strive to be, this is mine. This, This is what I want and this is what I've worked for. And... How many times do we see offense rise up between humanity? I mean, between so many people, not only outside of the house of God, but a lot of times inside. And that we see can be destructive. It can be harmful. It can create wounds. A lot of times it can be displaced. So like I went to a church that one time, and those people were rude. Those people were backbiting. Those people, but like, those are the sheep. Again, we're not smart all the time. So what, what happens is as the shepherd is watching the flock, he sees when they start coming up against one another, and he will literally walk over. And in the presence of the shepherd, the sheep lie down. And I thought it was so cool. Like, wow, sometimes, not that we budge on truth, right? Not that we budge on the word of God, because the word of God is, is truth and solid, but sometimes we need to lay down. Sometimes we need to put like our opinions and our desire to be right or win the battle. We lose the war. So sometimes in the presence of God, we just have to be like, God, you're going to defend me. 
you're going to make a way, and I can just rest with you being the shepherd. The next thing that the sheep has to be free from is pests. And there are these flies, I guess. I just learned that there's flies that in the summertime will attach themselves to sheep's, like the nose, and lay eggs. I know it's super gross. But what happens is these flies lay eggs in like the nasal cavity. And then if unattended by the shepherd, will crawl up into their brain and make them crazy and really die. Like they will beat themselves. They'll... They'll, it causes infection, and they can die. And so what the shepherd does is he will literally grab oil and apply oil to the, shepherd, or to the sheep's nostrils. And of course, if you've been in church for any amount of time, we know that oil is representative of the Holy Spirit. And it's an invitation from our good shepherd to receive from him every day. You know what I mean? It's not like, I think it's sometimes if we're raised in church, it's like, oh, you have to have your quiet time. You have to have like 40 minutes or you have to have an hour today of your quiet time, then you'll be good. But it's, it, when we think of it as a relational thing, it's not regimented. It's literally like, God, I'm coming to you because I need you. Like I'm getting agitated and I'm getting frustrated and I'm getting like, mm, and I need that oil to be poured over to protect me. And, and that's what we see. Even, even in church, honestly, that's like we talk about connect groups and we talk about serve teams and mentorship. That's literally a community of people that are like, it's okay. Let me give you some oil to protect you and to make things, things okay. And we just come to the Holy Spirit and we say, God, we need you. The last thing that um, they need to be free from is hunger. So um, sheep will graze and graze and graze on pasture lands until it's like nothing but dirt. And then they'll keep eating. <laughs> and they just keep eating. And then when, it's, when there's nothing left, they're getting malnourished. They're getting the worms and the diseases from the ground. They're intaking that. And the Holy Spirit was reminding me how many times, like we look at sheep and we're like, you're so dumb. Like you're eating dirt. Like you want, you need grass, you need health, you're, you're starving, you're becoming um, malnourished. You're so dumb. But then I look at my life and literally, oh, I don't have my phone on me. I look at my life. And I wake up, and I'm like, hmm, Instagram, scroll, scroll, scroll. Hmm. And then I like, scroll, scroll, scroll. And it's so funny because we would look at a sheep and be like, why are you eating crap? Oh, I'm sorry, garbage. Why are you eating garbage, right? But we are too. Like we are ingesting all the time junk, and it's, fee it's filling us. But then we wonder, like, why do I deal with anxiety? Why do I always feel tired? Because we're malnourished. Because we're not reading what counts and what's going to give strength and health to us. We're literally feasting on trash. And then we're like, at the end of the day, did I even look at my Bible? Oh, I should read that scripture, right? Like, I should, I should, I should read the scripture of the day on the Bible app. And that's not enough. That's not enough. So this keeps believers from a life, from their life of joy, of adventure, 
of peace. Like imagine, I have a friend, and I won't call her out. She's sitting here, but she works at Disney, and like, <laughs> I like it's pretty amazing the things she's she's gotten in trouble from Disney, and I'll just stop right there for a bunch of things. And we were talking, and I was like, Dina, it's literally like, <laughs> sorry, I really didn't mean to do that. I promise. Well, I'm going to tell you anyway. So <laughs> I'm like, Dina, it's literally like you're standing before the Sanhedrin. Like you get, like they're upset with you, but you're literally getting to testify even more, even more, even more. And that's the life of joy and adventure and fulfillment and all those things that we like so desire and we're scrolling through and we're getting jealous of other people. They're living their life. God's called us all to that. And he's been really working on me like, you need to delete that app. Like, because it, it, sometimes I don't even mean to go on it. I literally find myself like, when did I get on this? Like, I'm scrolling. How long have I been on this? And don't check your time on your phone because you'll be really convicted. <laughs> All right, let's keep going to the next scripture. Um, he restores my soul. He leads me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. So I love this because David addresses our humanity here. Like, there are very real times we're going to be disappointed. We're going to have unmet expectations. We're going to be discouraged. And honestly, we may even be grief-stricken, you know? There are times where there is... Somebody may pass away, or our marriage isn't exactly what we had signed up for, or our kids are, are not doing great by what we had hoped, or our finances look slim, or whatever. There's going to be times where we're walking through disappointment. And David uh, goes on to write in a later chapter in Psalm 42, he says, why are you downcast, O my soul? This is Psalm 42, 11. Why are you cast down, O my soul? And why are you in turmoil within me? Hope in God, for I shall again praise him, my salvation and my God. And I just love this because David when I used to read this, I was like, oh, why are you downcast on my soul? And I would just be like, hmm, like he's down, I'm like downcast, you know? But our soul is our mind, our will, and emotions. And um, David is saying, why are you cast down? And not until I did this study this week did I know that he's actually using shepherding terms. When a sheep is cast down, they're literally on their back. They have a flat back. They're on their back, and all their legs... I don't know, whatever, these things are <laughs> standing up in the air. And literally, if the shepherd doesn't see them in time, they will die very, very quickly because they're cast over. And so I was like, well, that's pretty cool. I'm going to check out YouTube, right? Because <laughs> I, like, I want to see this. Um, we've seen those YouTube videos like me and Jesus, and they like pull the sheep out, and then the sheep goes right back into it. So I'm like, all right, I'll look this up. So when I was actually watching this on YouTube, the shepherd will go, and these sheep are fat, like they're big sheep. So they, he goes and he pulls them up because they're on their backs. And the reason, how they get like this, if you're like me, I'm like, what a dumb animal, y'all. Like, and, and all the while I'm thinking, oh, thank you, God. Like, thank you. Like, you know me. You got me. All right. How do they get like this? It's because, number one, they're too comfortable. They lay down, and then they get too comfortable, and they just kind of like turn over, right? So if you're comfortable, it might feel good for a minute, but it might not be the safest place for you. Number two, they're too, they, got, they have too much fur on them. Or what is it? I don't know what it's called. Wool. Thank you. All right. You guys are my people. <laughs> okay. 
so they have too much wool, and it throws off their center of gravity, and they'll turn over. And I'm like, God, what am I wearing that you never intended me to wear that's throwing me off balance? There's so many things. There's so many things, God. Um, and the other one is, let me think. Well, I think they're just, they just get too heavy. Like, how many of us are just overly spiritually fed and are not giving? It's dangerous. It's dangerous to ask God, keep filling me, fill me up, fill me up, fill me up. But we're not doing anything with that because they get heavy and they turn over, right? And so I'm watching this YouTube video, and the shepherd, like, pulls the sheep up. And the sheep is skittish. Man, these sheep are so weird to watch. The sheep is super skittish and, like, and, like, they fall over again. (laughs) And I'm like, oh. And so the shepherd kind of pushes. They're not all the way over yet, so the shepherd pushes them towards the flock. And the sheep is, like, now falling. The back legs are up. The front legs, they're a hot mess until they, they really get their balance. And it took a while, you guys. Like, I'm like, oh my gosh. But what it did in the moment I was, it it took me to actually watch it. I was like, oh my goodness, God, your compassion, your care, your love for me. Like, you know that when I mess up, I need somebody to like pick me back up. But then I expect myself to be perfect. Like, well, if I mess up, God picks me up and I'm back. And like, but he's not that way. He, this is the good news. This is like when we say the gospel, this is like the good news. We mess up and he picks us up, but then we need him to sturdy us. It doesn't happen. Now we don't come into agreement or like, I'm just going to keep getting cast over and like, hey, let the shepherd do it. No, but these sheep are literally falling over and over and over. And the shepherd is just lovingly coming behind and picking them up. And I'm like, thank you. I don't have to be perfect. Like, I, I don't have to be perfect. So it was pretty awesome because it really was the gospel, the good news. All right, just a little bit more. Um, even though, nope, he restores my soul. He leads me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. So Psalm 23 is actually so cool. It's literally an entire year season. I didn't know, but now you know. So we start in spring, we go through summer, and then um, as summer ends, this is so cool. It says, he leads me in paths of righteousness. So up to this point, there had been a lot of safety, a lot of provision, a lot of protection, and the sheep were just kind of hanging out. But at this point in the fall, the pastures are gone. The baby food is gone. The easy decisions are done. And now the shepherd's like, for you to grow, you've got to follow me to the high ground. And now you're going to go up mountains and you're going to go in valleys. And in order for us to grow and mature and bring health, the whole thing is about health. In order for me to give you health, sheep, we've got to walk. You need exercise. We need to go to the high ground. And precious people, this is a lot of times where we lose believers because it's up to this point that it has been easy for the most part. But when the shepherd's like, come follow me, we're about to go on some really, uh, what is it? Either I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, like we're going through the shadow of death because that's where we've got to go to get to the high ground and to get you mature. And so um, this is where comfort and safety is lost. And this is where a lot of times many believers stop following 
And Mark 8:34 says this. If anyone will come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. For whoever will save his life will lose it. But whoever loses his life for my sake will save it. This is a pivot point for us, you guys. Because in the American church, a lot of times I hear how um, if God is with you, you will be successful. It's a real dangerous gospel. Very, very dangerous gospel because we live in real life. And sometimes health and success don't look the same, right? Um, Sometimes God, in order to find that place of intimacy with Jesus one-on-one, he will have to bring us through some really tough times, some valleys and some mountaintops, and valleys and mountaintops. And I asked a couple questions to myself first, again, because I'm like the lead learner in this. Uh, What does this cost look like in real life? Am I willing to love Christ more? Am I willing to say, like, "Ah, God, this is a deliberate action. It's not an emotional response. So, yes, I love you here, Jesus, when there's people and we're worshiping and the band is amazing and anointed. But, like, what about when I have an argument with my spouse? Am I willing to say, you're asking me to step down, God. You're the shepherd. Come in. Like, I'm stepping down. I'm sorry. I blew it. It's not emotional then, right? I mean, it might be emotional, but (laughs) it's not emotional when you decide to forgive somebody or when you ask, when you repent, or when you say, man, I see my life, I see my choices heading in a a direction that I, I don't really want to go. I need correction. Can you hold me accountable? Am I willing to be singled out or set apart? This goes against our human nature. Nobody wants to be rejected or criticized, and we all have areas where we want to please people. Am I willing to be unoffended? I'll just leave that there. Pretty self-explanatory. Am I willing to be last? Am I willing to submit to the authority of my shepherd and obey him? This is not only for our benefit, but also for his name's sake, because when he is leading us, and people are watching our response to the master. They will ask because it's very countercultural, and we will get to share. He is a good shepherd. He's not a hired hand. He's a good shepherd who bought me with a price. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and staff, they comfort me. Um, you know, we, it's kind of self-explanatory. Um, somebody gave Tim this, like, sh- true shepherd staff, and at the bottom is, like, the rod part. It's, like, the, the blunt part, right? And that is, hmm. And that portion is so interesting because what they do as a shepherd is it, like, corrects. If the shepherd is in, like, if the sheep is in serious danger, he will literally, like, the sheep or... Also, if they're in danger of a, of a, a predator, he, I, we know David killed, right? He killed a bear. He killed different predators with that blunt force. And that we know is the word of God. Like that is straight word of God. 
And so in order to defend us from our enemies, Christ has given us his, his rod that defends us, and we can use that blunt force. The staff is just a mechanism on the whole staff, the, um, yeah, which leads and guides the sheep. So that's spirit. So the Holy Spirit is constantly leading us and guiding us. Um, next part, you prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies, and you anoint my head with oil. So we've kind of talked about this, why it's so important to have the anointing of Christ daily, daily, daily. And then the last part says, surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. And I just love this because I don't believe David was talking about a physical house. I don't believe he was talking even about this life. I know that I know that he was saying, God, I have followed you my life, all the seasons, all the year, spring, summer, winter, fall, winter. And there will be a time. I try to teach my kids There will be a time when the sun sets on this life for all of us, pending Jesus doesn't come back first. And I try to tell them, you guys, that is literally when the real life begins. (laughs) Like, that is when things will be done here. And we will literally stand before Jesus. And... I'm not going to be standing. And God is really, with this new building, I'm like, okay. It's just bringing a lot of revelation to me personally, right? Because it's a lot of responsibility and it's a lot of, it's a huge gift from God. And so we're trying to like steward everything really well. And as I'm like cutting, I don't even, what was it called, Ted? Like, I don't know what it's called. Like the insulation. As we're cutting insulation, I'm like, God, this is so awesome because I'm literally get to like, build your house, like kingdom stuff, like eternal stuff, whatever. But I'm also like able to see like the junk on the ground. That's so cool because it's like spirit and reality. Like they're both here. And so I'm building the house. But, um, but what's so neat is that as I'm doing it, I'm like, God, like when I stand before you, like when I stand before you, I'll get to see you. This was for you. Like, I got, to, I got to do this for you, God. Like, I got to raise my, my kids to love Jesus. And I, and I wish Tim could stand by me on that day. <laughs> like, I really, I wish he would hold my hand. But on that day, I won't stand with my kid. I won't stand with my husband. I won't stand with the pastor. I will literally, like, stand, like, before God. Like, God is in front of me. And I just wanted him to say, well done, good and faithful servant. And then I will have the privilege to say, I get to dwell in your house forever and ever. And I know, I know that's what David was saying. Like, I know that's where he was, he was coming from when he finished this poem. And so, Deb, if you can come and just maybe play, I forgot to ask you that. Um, If you guys can bow your heads. Um, Maybe you have been 
kind of like a sheep that's a little skittish and you haven't fully asked Christ to be your good shepherd. Like you haven't established that relationship. And that relationship is not saying everyone thinks I'm a Christian because I sit in church on Sunday. Because I know I've been there. Where I've been leading my own life, but I've sat in church. And people would never have known the difference. Um, But this morning, you're sensing that drawing, that invitation for Christ, who is our good shepherd. Like he's not going to hurt us. There's no fear in him. He's so compassionate. He's going to grab your legs and like help you up. And even if you stumble after he helps you up, he's still going to be there loving you, compassionate, gracious. But you haven't made him the good shepherd of your life. And you feel like you're wanting that today. It is the best decision you will ever make. But let me be clear, it is not easy. It is simple, but it is not easy. But he, as the good shepherd, will lead you and guide you day to day to day. And if that is you and you want to make Christ the Lord of your life, I'm just going to ask that you raise your hand so I can pray with you. Thank you. Anybody else? Thank you. There's a second group of people, and honestly, we talked about a lot of stuff today. (laughs) I know I broke down like the whole chapter, but I have been asking that the Holy Spirit would minister to you in those areas that you need Him. So whether it's trusting Him or letting go of offense or forgiveness or stepping out into the life that God has called you and putting away social media or even if it's walking through those areas where he's maturing us in the hard times and you just need encouragement if that's you will you raise your hands because we're going to pray for you Dan hands up all over thank you thank you Lord thank you Lord I'm going to pray for you and then at the end um, we will have prayer partners up here who just want to pray and come into agreement and kind of be one of those people that helps push you up on your feet. Father, I just love you so much. I thank you for the word of God that it sets out and it accomplishes what it was set out to do. And so in this house, I thank you, Lord, that we got to understand your character, Lord, and that we can know your ways. Father, this I pray, that I would know your ways so that I would know you more, like Moses prayed, becoming more deeply and more intimately acquainted with you, that I find find favor in your sight. Father, I just pray for every individual, Lord, who needs you as their good shepherd, God, that you would minister to hearts, that you would remove fear, that you would remove um, too much comfort that you would remove things and God that you would just fill us with your spirit and God that you would continue to have your way Lord we just thank you you are good God you are compassionate your care is kind 
You're not angry with us, God, when we stumble. I just thank you that you are a good, good shepherd. And we ask that you would have your way. In Jesus' name, amen. If you need to come, please, I invite you to come. We're going to have people here praying for you. Um, Otherwise, we will see you on Wednesday. If you did make a decision for the Lord, um, there are cards. Tim, will you show them the card? Anyways, there's cards in the front back pocket. And we would love to get some resources in your hand on how to follow Christ. But thank you guys, and we bless you. Thank you for joining us at The Way today. Our prayer is that through a relationship with Jesus, you would know God, find freedom, discover purpose, and make a difference. If you'd like to find out more about our church, please visit us online at thewaylakeland.com or by visiting our Facebook page at The Way Lakeland or Instagram page at The Way Church Lakeland.